The text for our sermon this day comes from the gospel reading just read. As Jesus begins the reading in verse 36, Jesus said concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. As you hear Jesus warn and tell us and those who were present listening to his teaching to be prepared. And he uses Noah and the ark as his story. We are prepared by knowing why Christ returns. We are prepared by believing that Christ has built us an ark out of wood. A man built uh, the cross. Christ Jesus, God himself giving his life. He is our protection. He is our salvation. We are prepared for Christ's return by faith. In the Christmas holiday movie classic, Home Alone, and I can hardly believe I call that movie a classic, seems like yesterday it came out, young Kevin McAllister is left behind by his family as they travel to France for the holidays. Little Kevin realizes there are burglars who've been casing their home over the last couple of weeks, and so he prepares to defend his home. Kevin prepares for the wet bandits, as they're known. Kevin prepares for the burglar's arrival. Perhaps Jesus' words today were on the writer's mind for the movie Home Alone, but I doubt it. Jesus said, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The lesson we learn from today's reading for the first Sunday of Advent is to remember that we are to be prepared. We have a responsibility. Like little Kevin McAllister preparing for burglars coming, we need to be prepared not for burglars, but for Christ to come to us again, to return, to judge the living and the dead. And we are to remember that that's what the word Advent means. In Latin, it means to come. And the Advent season is not about preparing for Christmas. The birth of Christ has already taken place. The Christmas season beginning with December 25th. That is the day that we, as the church, reflect on what Christ's birth means. In Advent, as the church, we slow down, we pause, we remember the teachings of Christ that focus our attention on his Advent, on his coming to us. To consider whether God is a God that is far off and has very, very little to do with our world, is he a God that just lets evil continue? Or is he a God that is active? Is he a God that is intervening? 
Is he a God who is near? And yes, indeed, we, we hear he's a God who's near. He is a God who is active. He is a God who promises to come to us, but also is coming to us now. But today we learn that, first, no one can control God's coming. No one knows the day. No one can force God's hand. He comes at his will. He comes for his purposes. And this is a good thing for us Christians because we see from this that God is king of kings. No one can force him. No one can keep him away. Part of the charm of home alone was that little Kevin was able to foil hardened criminals. At the beginning of the movie, Harry and Marv, the wet bandits, they're seen as well-versed in the art of burglary. They're even somewhat intimidating. However, as the movie progresses along, their true identity comes out as two foolish criminals who can't even get past one child's tricks. Jesus, though, today isn't warning about dumb criminals arriving, but about God's coming to us. Kevin could turn on lights, he could convince the criminals to leave and come back at another time, but God's coming will not be thwarted by anyone. So how do we do, as Jesus says, be prepared? We can't control him, but do we not have a responsibility for ourselves? How do we prepare? Jesus prepares us for his coming by teaching from a seemingly another innocent story, maybe one you don't connect with Christmas, but indeed is connected to Advent, Noah and the Ark. Heard Jesus say, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, the flood came, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until Noah entered the ark. Then they were unaware, and the flood came and swept them away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. First, we heard that we are to be prepared. Now, second, Jesus teaches us what life will be like in his coming. The people in Noah's day were just living a normal life, day-to-day life, eating, drinking, marrying. There were no signs in the skies. There were no weathermen to say, take cover, a storm is coming. Everyone just went on with life like normal. In fact, they were getting married, which sort of shows they assumed there was a future. No one saw God standing with his arms folded, tapping his toe, being angry because of all the evil being done. Life was normal. But God was angry. In Genesis, we are told every inclination of man was evil, and God was sad that he had created the world. Evil and wickedness had just become normal kind of like our world now. Home Alone was a good, wholesome movie, but now Hollywood pushes anti-Christian agendas every chance they get. Or even think of the actor Macaulay Culkin. His life was ruined by the weight of popularity and stardom. And how many children dream to be a celebrity like him? How many even of our our young adults desire to be at the forefront of social media to get so many followers to really build upon the sin of covetousness? 
Evil, it seems, is just common in our society. But let's take it a little more narrower. What about your own life? Do you find it easy to just let a lie roll off your tongue? The people in Noah's day pretended as if God was far away, that there was no way there were any laws of nature that would have an effect on their lives. Some, God was some second-rate God who was far away, and, well, we could pull him close or hold him far away at our desire. Do you fall for the same thoughts? Can you sin and, and relish in anger and live a life of of anger and not think that that life is going to lead to to troublesome times? Can you gossip and think that it's good for you to talk about others and that God just kind of winks and turns the other way? Kind of like the alcoholic who refuses to put down the drink. We know where the, how this story ends. The drug addict, the laws of nature are not just against alcoholism and drug addiction. It is for other sins as well. Sins of anger and impatience, pride. The consequences of failing to heed Jesus' warning to be prepared are eternal. How often do we sin and just think nothing of it? Do we prepare for Christ's advent by being accustomed to sin? I don't think so. Just as Jesus said to the woman accused of adultery, so he says to you and to me, he says, go and sin no more. Confess your sins. Take time, especially now in this Advent season, to pause And consider your life according to the Ten Commandments. Pray the Ten Commandments. Use our Wednesday evening services to do just that. The people in Noah's day, they, I can tell you, they didn't go to Wednesday evening services, but they also didn't use Sabbath days of rest to consider God's Word. These people, they were swept away because of unbelief. God's wrath came. And Jesus, interestingly enough, he doesn't say Noah and his family were really doing anything different. So what set apart Noah's family? What is Jesus teaching us by using Noah and his family as an example of being prepared? Now, Peter helps us out a little bit with what Jesus is teaching. Both Peter and Jesus use Noah and the flood often in their teachings. Peter uses the flood as a lesson on baptism in one of his epistles. But also in another place in his epistles, Peter says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, that Noah preached and proclaimed God's word. And what do you think Noah preached? Noah indeed was the weatherman. Well, he was the theological weatherman. Noah preached, he proclaimed that God has offered a way of salvation. But first you must know why the flood is coming. 
In addition to marrying and being given in marriage, eating and drinking, what set Noah and his family apart was that they heard the word of Noah, the word of God, and they believed it. They believed that they knew God's judgment on the world and sending a flood to destroy it all was justified. But not just that, but that it was of God's character to give rescue. That they could trust being in this giant ark. Would that thing even float? No. They trusted God's word and knew that it would float. There was no doubt. That's what set Noah and his family, eight, soul, eight souls in all, apart from those who were swept away. Noah and his family were prepared by the word of God, working repentance and faith in them by the Holy Spirit. It's not that they weren't sinners, but that they believed and trusted in God's way of salvation. That's what prepared them for the coming of God's judgment. So why doesn't Jesus just tell us this in our reading, that that's what set Noah and his family apart? Because that's precisely what Jesus is doing as we hear this reading. Jesus is preaching as Noah did to you, to me, to the whole world, because Noah was a prefigure of Christ. And in our reading today, Jesus is a preacher of righteousness. The people in Noah's day, they were prefigures to us in our day. The question we are to ponder in Advent is, are we preparing ourselves rightly for Christ's Advent? We find our certain answer to this question, our very certainty and readiness, not in our efforts, but in the fact that God's judgment, God's flood of wrath has taken place, that there is a place of rescue. Indeed, there's no way we can justify ourselves, just as the people in Noah's day couldn't save themselves from an earth-covering flood, so too we can't save ourselves from our sins. Kevin McAllister could stay, he could stave off two dumb criminals, but what about five? What about 20 trained assassins? What about God? How do we escape the flood of God's wrath? How do you escape the nagging thoughts? What about the sins you don't remember? What about the sins you don't see? Just as Noah and his family were saved by the wood of the ark, by trusting in God's promise of safety attached to that wood and the ark, so by trusting in the promise that God attached to the wood that he crucified his son on, that he gave him up into death for him to absorb all of God's wrath, God carried out his certain judgment on Jesus. There is no judgment for your sins, for those who believe in Christ. Noah saved his family. Christ saves us, his family. We are prepared for Christ's return by desiring forgiveness. We are prepared for Jesus' coming by knowing why he comes to set us free from sin and death. The one who desires freedom is the one who's prepared. 
For that is why Jesus ultimately comes, to set you free, to set free those who trust in him. He comes to release you from all your guilt, from temptation, from falling for temptation. Jesus comes to free us from death once and for all, to raise us so that we may walk in his kingdom. Jesus comes to fulfill every promise to be with us in our struggles, and yet no one is prepared except those who desire to be freed from sin. And Jesus does that. We can be certain we are prepared because God's judgment for our sins has certainly taken place. And now what does he have for you? A flood of forgiveness. A promise of eternal life. It's not that Noah and his family weren't sinners. We see that right after the flood when Noah sins pretty bad. But it's that they are saved by the works of God. It isn't often that Jesus compares himself to a thief, to one coming to rob a house, but today he does. In fact, like a thief who has come in the night and left and gone, Jesus has already come, yet many people don't know. First, he came in Bethlehem. He came to die on the cross. He comes to us now in his word and sacrament. Jesus has come as a thief. What does he take away? He takes away our sins. He has come to take sin away from you and to give you his righteousness. And like the two bumbling thieves in Home Alone, Satan desires, well, he keeps coming after us. He keeps coming to steal us away, but like the two befuddled criminals, the devil will never win because every step he takes towards us, Christ nails his cross right in front of you and the devil has no choice but to turn and run away. The flood now is his rescue and baptism, not a flood of wrath unless you refuse his mercy, unless you'd rather have your sins and be comfortable with them, but he will come again. But for today, for this moment, he comes to give you mercy. He comes to give you a promise to believe in. He comes to remind you that you are indeed in his boat. You are in his ark. So take refuge. And remember, just as Noah's family was saved, so too will Christ's family. Because he is a preacher of righteousness. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.